bar. From a performance and an effort standpoint, no disappointment whatsoever. Great number seven knows like we did last year. This is Pool Time on Impact Sports Radio, your source for goals, high dives, and butterflies. And now your host, Max King. for joining me on another episode of Pool Time. My name is Max King, your host, and we are on episode 10 now of Pool Time. Appreciate you joining me. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. And we got a interesting day in the swimming world to get to, so we're going to get to a couple different things. Of course, we'll be talking Michigan State swimming, as we always do. Also be talking a little bit of national swimming as well as the duel in the pool started today. This is Friday, December 20th, and we'll have a look at the day one results from that. That was in Glasgow, Scotland, and so we'll look at some things there, break it down for you, as we always do. Matt Giannotis will also join us from Delray Beach, Florida. He'll join us on the phone and talk about their annual training trip that they've been going on. So that's what we're looking at today. And then stick around to the end of the episode because I have a nice little special treat for you all in regards to the next episode. So that's what we'll be going through today on Pool Time. Let's get to Matt Giannotis now. He's going to join us on the phone. He's in Delray Beach, Florida, where his Michigan State swim team is completing their annual training trip. And they have a couple practices left. But first of all, Matt, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? Great. All right. So first of all, Matt, you've had some time now in Delray Beach to get a lot of practices in. You still have some left, but you're at the end of your week now. Uh, just give us an update. How's the training trip been going for you? You know, at this point, pretty good. I mean, um, you know, we're training really hard. Uh, I'm really happy with uh, the dimension that Mike has brought, uh, you know, to the staff down here. The kids are really working hard and... Uh, you know, it's been good. It's been great weather. We've got, caught a real break with the weather. Uh, it's been warm. Um, so we haven't had to really swim in any kind of cold in the morning. And that always helps, you know. That always helps. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Now, looking at the weather, Matt, I saw that it was been high 70s, uh, low 80s also a lot, too. Uh, how's the weather been? Low 80s, I'd say the last two days have been Chamber of Commerce days for sure, man. Not a whole lot of clouds, just really sunny, you know, and um, I, mean, I think when you're in South Florida, the, the daytime really isn't that big of a deal. It's in the morning when the sun's not out, and if it's chilly, it's hard to run, you know, consistently good workouts, but we've caught a break because it really hasn't been under 60 since we've been down here, so um, that's been nice, you know. Our kids have really embraced, I think, um, I think I think our kids have really embraced just just working hard every day, not taking any time off, and and um, and so that part of it's been pretty good. Now, Matt, I've seen this been going on on your Twitter feed the last couple of days. Explain to people at the end of a practice what is the Snickers Award. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, 
years ago, um, I was at a golf outing uh, with a lot of guys from who swam Michigan State in the late 60s, 70s, and Coach Redders, who uh, wasn't the nicest person in the world, you know, relative to his coaching, he used to give out, uh, when you did something well in practice, he'd give out a candy bar, you know. So the guys, the older guys told me about this, and then I kind of embraced it. Uh, I like Snickers bars, actually. I really like them a lot. And so uh, what we do down here is at the end of every practice, if you, you know, what we did down this year was if, if someone, if you see somebody in practice doing well, you can nominate them, and then basically I pick who wins the Snickers. Mm. Right? So it's basically stand out. If you had a standout day or if you did something impressive and work out, you're going to win that Snickers bar. And, of course, you have a couple practices left before you come back to East Lansing. What are your practices going to entail these last couple of days? Well, we're going to have a new squad meet on uh, Saturday night, uh, which would be nice because the captains are going to put together the order. We're going to take the green away with team with some modifications based on some of the people who didn't make training trip cuts. So that's it. Tomorrow is just another uh, you know, regular work day. And, and we, actually have four, we actually have five practices left because we are going to go Sunday morning, too, before we get on the plane. So... Um, so yeah, man. I mean, we we uh, we have five prices left. Uh, we got nine in the books, and uh, I feel really good. I, I I really do feel well. I tell you what, our freshmen have really uh, embraced. You know, for being on their first trip, um, of course it helps with the weather, but uh, they have really done well, very well. And um, and uh, I, I think about the freshmen, but the whole team really. We have had just consistently good practices since we got down here. Now, outside of the pool. You know, and of course the nice weather. Uh, what's been going on? What have you been doing in your downtime? Well, we just had a bunch of guys. We had uh, it was windy and warm, uh, so that's really uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be on the coastline because the waves are really high. So we had some guys run some surfboards and they went surfing after practice today. Um, so that was exciting. We had a couple guys get up for the first time on surfboards. We had some women go to the mall last night. Uh, tomorrow night we're gonna take some kids to the dog track. So. You know, we're, we're doing some different things. Um, you know, we're doing some different things. So, so you know, just, but by and large, the kids have, you know, there's a hot tub here at the at the hotel, and um, there's a lot of things for them to do. And I know you mentioned reading last time we talked in East Lansing. What's been on the library shelf for you? Uh, actually, I've read in Defense Food so far, um, which has been a good one. Basically, uh, book about nutrition, so... Michigan State head swim coach Matt Giannotis is my guest from Delray Beach, Florida. Matt, the end of the semester is officially done, and the women finished with a 3.21 team GPA. The men finished just a couple points behind with a 3.19. Got to be happy with those results. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm really thrilled with that because I'll tell you why. Uh, we've been that high in the past, but... Um, we've always had a lot of, we've had five or six kids at 4.0s, which has, has really kind of inflated the grade. I, I think our main, I think our main, uh, if you were the median, uh, in terms of what we did this year uh, with both teams, uh, uh, was great. I mean, we, we didn't have a lot of kids. Uh, you know, with 65 kids become the fifth years that we have on the team, we only failed three classes. Uh, on 65 kids, which is really impressive. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of one points, didn't have a lot of two points. We only had maybe a handful of kids under two five. Uh, so we, we had a, a, an overall 
solid semester from like person one all the way down to person 60. So that, that part was really exciting for me because, uh, you know, when you're doing things academically, everything else kind of takes care of itself. And lastly, probably the most important question I know everyone's wondering is way back at the beginning of the season, we spoke about the scavenger hunt that your team does at the beginning of each season, the winner of which, between the men's and women's team, gets to pick the movie selection for the bus rides to away meets and the training trips. So gotta ask, it's a pressing question, how has the movie selection been now that the men have control of it this year? Movie selection has been great for me. Not a lot of uh, romantic comedies. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and what have you been watching? Uh, well, um, I can't. I, I don't remember specifically. Uh, I did share a movie uh, title with Mike and Jerry today. It's an old movie called uh, The Final Countdown. It was actually Kirk Douglas in it, and uh, he enjoyed that part. Uh, but we, you know, we've been seeing a lot of. Uh, of uh, superheroes and uh, uh, you know just a lot of shoot em up stuff <laughs> very good very good alright Matt well we'll let you go thanks for joining us as always every week we'll be sure to talk soon and have a safe trip up to East Lansing okay buddy be good alright that's Michigan State head swim coach Matt Giannotis from Delray Beach Florida and as we, before we get out of our Spartan swimming segment, let's just real quick look over their second semester schedule coming up. So remember, if you listened to the episode last week, Summer Strickler, who's a senior captain, said that one of her goals before she leaves Michigan State is to have a winning dual meet record, which is something that has not been done in quite some time. So going into the second semester, they start out that second week in January, that's the 11th, which is a Saturday. They will travel to West Lafayette, Indiana to face the Purdue Boilermakers. Then the next weekend, that's the weekend, the 17th and the 18th, they have Bowling Green at East, in East Lansing. That's just the women, though. And then the next day, that Saturday, both teams are at Eastern Michigan with Buffalo. So it's a tri-meet there in Ypsilanti at Eastern Michigan. And then right after, the following Thursday, Oakland will be in town. And then the Friday after that, they're going to have Denison coming in to East Lansing. So that's just the first month. So that first month in January, you have five meets in two weeks. That's a lot of swimming. So those will be kind of the dog days there, here and there, in, in the month of January. Then in February, though, you kind of get to start to rest because that first week in February, which is the 7th, is when they face Michigan. The women are at Michigan on the 7th, which is a Friday. Men are at Michigan on the 8th, which is obviously the Saturday. And then that's it for the men until the Big Ten Championships. But then the women are also swimming against Toledo on the 8th as well in Toledo, Ohio. So very busy schedule for the Michigan State swim team. And after that, that's it until Big Tens, because Big Tens, so that was the eighth. And then after that, Big Tens are just a couple weeks later, two weeks later to be precise. The women Big Tens is the 19th through the 22nd. That is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So it's a Wednesday through Saturday event all day. Then the men's is actually the next week. 
the 27th through the 1st of March. That is another Wednesday through Saturday event just the following week. And then, of course, after that, you have NCAA diving zones for those who make it. That's the 13th to the 15th. And then NCAAs for women are March 20th through the 22nd. Men's are March 27th through the 29th. That is the second semester preview. Okay, all the way from January to the end of March, it's going to be a lot of swimming, and there should be a lot of fast times seen posted through not only the beginning of the year, but all, of course, at Big Tens. So Summer Strickler, she said she wants to win, have a winning dual meet record for the women. So they're at 3-3 three and three right now, and so they're going to have to beat either Purdue, Bowling Green, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, Oakland, Denison, and Michigan or Toledo. So out of those, out of those, I can, I, I don't, they're not going to beat Michigan. I'll tell you that right now, as because no one beats Michigan. Can they beat Purdue? I don't know. Purdue's a tough team. They're a Big Ten team that's always hard to play. Oakland is is definitely a team that they can beat, though they've had very close meets in the past with Oakland. Denison, also a very fast school, uh, very small school. A lot of people don't know about Denison, but it's a very good swimming school. They'll give them a, a tough run for the money. Eastern Michigan's also very good. I don't know much about Buffalo. Bowling Green, they've got some fast swimmers there. They saw some swimmers from Bowling Green, the women did, at Northwestern Invitational. They have a lot of fast swimmers. Now, they finished ahead of Bowling Green in the Northwestern Invitational, but that doesn't necessarily mean you'll beat them in a dual meet because you have other teams in a invite that can help you out. But when a dual meet, it's just head-to-head. It's either or. So there's no telling whether they beat Bowling Green or not, but Bowling Green does have some very fast swimmers. They had some swimmers who won events at Northwestern. So we'll just have to see. And, and then, of course, you have Toledo at the very end. So maybe it comes down to that Toledo meet for the women. We'll have to see. That's going to wrap up our Michigan State swimming segment. Again, they'll be traveling back to East Lansing on Sunday, and we wish that they have a safe travel back. So let's get into the national news now. Duel in the pool is happening right now this weekend. Day one just got finished up as it is on, on Friday evening. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the duel in the pool, it's a little bit different this year than it is in past years. So I'll give you the history behind it, and then I'll kind of tell you what it is now. So it used to be the United States versus Australia in a duel meet. Now, what's changed about that is now the first one started in 2003, and they do it every two years. This will be the sixth duel in the pool that's been held. The first was in 2003, 2003, 5, 7, 09, and 2011. Now, the United States has won every single one of those because, like I said before, the United States swimming is the best on the planet. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Look at look at Olympics, look at Worlds, look at the duel in the pool. Um, they're just the best. So what happened this year is there's not... It's a different format now, though. It's not just Australia. It's all of Europe now against the United States, which, one, shows you how good... United States is if they decide to have an entire continent compete against you. But also, Australia's completely ruined this meet because did they really feel like they needed an entire continent, all of Europe, to try and beat one country? And again, they they were sick of losing. 
They were sick of losing that meat because it's a pretty, I mean, it's it's a pretty big meat as far as publicity goes. It's a televised meat. NBC televises it. And they were sick of losing it. They've never won it. United States has won every single meat, five out of five. Let's just look at a little bit more of the history now. So uh, to, to, to give you guys a little more uh, update on this recent duel in the pool, the United States isn't swimming their very best lineup. Now, uh, let me, before I even get to that, though, I will get you to the first results, though. United States, after day one, is losing, which is surprising. But once you look at the lineups and I get a little more about it, it won't be. They're losing 68-54 after day one. Okay, now it's the European All-Stars now is what they're calling it instead of just, you know, Australia. So um, really, though, the United States is swimming incredibly off in this event for a number of reasons, not because they don't care, but there's just a couple factors that play into it. First of all is that all these when they set the rosters to this, it's nothing that you have to do. It's an invite to it. USA Swimming invites the swimmers to participate in that. So you don't necessarily just because you invite someone doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get them on your lineup. A lot of people did not accept notable people didn't didn't necessarily accept the invites that you might see. So they're swimming off. Um, some notable, we'll, we'll get to the full lineup here in a second, but the only gold medalists that you have, individual gold medalists that will be in there for the United States, are Katie Ledecky and Ryan Lochte, as opposed to the European All-Stars, who are swimming pretty much anyone and anyone who's ever won a gold medal or competed in the Olympics or have done anything with their life in swimming. So the United States, though, does not have their best lineup. Let's look at the lineup now for the United States. We'll we'll get into uh, why necessarily they might be losing in this event so far. So for the women, you have Camille Adams out of Texas. You have Sarah Denninghoff. You have Claire Donahue. She's an Olympic medalist. Jessica Hardy, another one. Megan Hawthorne, Sarah Henry, Breja Larson, Katie Ledecky, who is a gold medalist. By the way, Katie Ledecky, for those of you who don't know, is an absolute stud. She won a gold medal in London in the 800 at the age of 15. So, you know, she's already done more than most of us will ever do in our lives. So, uh, Michael Lawrence is another one, is as continuing through the lineup. Caitlin Leverens, Simone Manuel, Megan Romano, Olivia Smoliga, Kendall Stewart, Chloe Sutton, Jillian Ryan, and Shannon Reland. Now, you might be thinking, I don't know many of those names. It's because there's a not a lot of big names. No Natalie Coughlin, no Missy Franklin, no Rebecca Sony. No Allison Schmidt, no Dana Vollmer, and a lot of other ones. So the women are swimming off. You know, like I said, there's really not a whole lot. No disrespect to the people who are on that squad, but they're just not the best lineup that the United States has available. So let's go to the men now. Tyler Clary, he's an Olympic medalist out of Club Wolverine here in Michigan. Kevin Cordes, Connor Dwyer, another big name. Anthony Irvin, who's who's made a comeback. Uh, if you if you listen to any of the coverage from the 2012 Olympics, he retired, then he came back. Jimmy Fain, Nick Fink, Eugene Gatso, Cullen Jones, who's another big name. He he's won an Olympic medal, not an individual though. He was a part of that 2008 four by 100 relay that we've talked about before. Chase Callies, Michael Clue, Ryan Lochte, obviously the biggest name there. Tom Lutchsinger. 
Michael McBroom, Matt McLean, Cody Miller, and Shane Ryan. So as you can see, again, for the men, no Matt Grievers, no Nathan Adrian, obviously no Michael Phelps, though you could make the argument that he should have been there, and, and so on. So they're really, they're swimming off, in my incredibly off in my opinion, because they just don't have that best lineup in. And here's why. A lot of the United States' best swimmers are NCAA athletes currently, or they're very young, Katie Ledecky being one of them. So you might, well, why don't they swim it right now? Well, of course, they're in college season right now. They just got done with finals, okay? And you just got done on a winter nationals, okay? So for instance, Missy Franklin just came off short course nationals, which is where Summer Strickler was as well. And so they're not going to, you know, do you want to also cover a two-day meet and try to swim fast times there? Or do you want to spend that time with your family while you can before you get back into the second semester? All these things factor in. And also the money factor goes in because the winners of these events and the winner of the meet does get money. You get about $120,000 to spit through your team. You do get money for this. And if you're an NCAA athlete, you cannot accept that money. So that's why you do not see a lot of NCAA athletes competing in these games because they have to turn down that money as well. So there's there's lots of factors that go into that. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, some of the best swimmers for the United States, they were professionals, so they didn't have to worry about it. But now that those people have retired and now they're coming back, they have a younger group now. And it's not younger in a sense that they're inexperienced and they're bad. They're, they're great. I mean, a lot of these com- uh, competitors are up and coming swimmers and have competed in the Olympics. But they're just young, and they're in the NCAA. They're in NCAA's now. We do have some high school people swimming in there. Like I said, Katie Ledecky, she's a junior in high school, so she can swim there. She doesn't have to worry about NCAA rules right now. She will eventually, should she choose to uh, swim in swim in college. So, those are the reasons why it's a little bit different this year for the United States. Again, in my opinion, Australia completely ruins this event because if they would have stuck to this format. You don't have all of Europe now. And let's just let's just think about this for a second. This is how good the United States swimming is. They're swimming their off lineup against all of Europe now. And all of Europe is trying to beat them. And they're only up by 14. 68 to 54 after day one. So I don't necessarily know what you're going to accomplish if you're Europe, you're European all-stars now. Because... Even if you do win, okay, United States isn't going to get blown out of this meet. They're down by 14. You know, Europe's not going to you know, blow away from this meet. They're going to keep it close. And so is it really that much of a victory if you're the European All-Stars? If you beat one country by 14 points in a meet and they're not even swimming their best swimmers? Is that really a victory for you? To me, that's almost making fun of Europe. That entire continent of of good swimmers, too. Europe's got great swimmers, but an entire continent of Olympians and and you know, amateurs and and up and coming, soon to be professional athletes against one country, the United States, and you barely beat them. If you do, we still don't know. The United States has a very good shot of winning. To me, that's not even a victory. That I think that just makes it worse. Australia would have been better off just not saying anything and just keep kept getting a beating because you can say, well, no, I'm going to get all of my friends around and then we're going to swim against you. We're going to beat you. And you even might, but it's, it's going to be close. So it's like, is it really worth it to you, Europe? 
That's what I'm asking. Is it really worth it for you to gather everyone and anyone in your continent who knows how to swim at the high level and swim against one country in the United States and squeak out a win? I don't think it's worth it. I think that just makes it worse. I think you just poke more more fun at the fact that you're not as good as the United States, nor will you ever be. I mean, look at if you go back. We're not going to talk about it now, but go back and look at the history of USA swimming, and it's not even close. I mean, it's JV versus varsity out there. So I don't think that's I don't think this whole new duel in the pool thing, Europe versus America, is is any better than it was. I think Australia should have just not said anything and continue to get clobbered. And then, of course, there's going to come a time where the United States is going to swim the best lineup and they're going to beat all of Europe. And then you're going to lurk even worse. Your move, Europe. Your move. That's the lineups there. That's the progress that we've made there. Um, As far as coverage goes, you can see the second day of the dual meet of the duel in the pool. NBC will be airing them tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday on the weekend. Winter Nationals will actually air on Saturday at 5 p.m., and then NBC will air the duel in the pool finals on Sunday at 4 p.m. Again, this is a made-for-TV thing. It doesn't happen live. So if you want to hear the live results, go on you know, the USA Swimming website, Swimming World Magazine, SwimSwam.com, any of these major swimming coverage media outlets. Um, Twitter, obviously, is a great one, too, as they live-tweet all, all of the scores. So you can at, you can go on there and, and look at the live-tweeting. But after day one on Friday night, it's 68-54 to 54 Europe. So the next episode of Pool Time, a little incentive nugget for you to listen, not that you don't want to listen the whole time already, um, we're going to have a little bit different of a show next week for the holidays. It's going to be just after Christmas on that Friday. It's going to be a best of show. So I'm going to take the best clips, the best takes, the best interviews from 2013 pool time. And we're going to mesh them up together and play them in one episode. Because I know I'm walking down the streets of East Lansing and you know, we wa- I walk by someone and they say, Oh my God, you're Max King, host of Pool Time for Impact Sports Radio. I can't believe it. It's really you. And I say, yeah, of course. And we get a picture and I sign your T-shirt or your baby or whatever you have with you. And, and, I, and we go our separate ways and I continue my rock, my rock star lifestyle. And so I know you're always saying, and I want to listen to all the great moments of pool time, but I don't want to listen to hours and hours of the podcasts and try and look for them. Well, you're in luck because that's what we'll be doing next week. The best of pool time, which will be episode 11. And that's going to be ranging from our first episode way back in August to, of course, now in December, at the end of December, as we approach 2014. So that's going to wrap it up for me, Max King, your host. Thanks for joining. As always, appreciate the listen. We'll come back next weekend, our last full week of 2013, and we'll be doing a best of pool time. Until next time, you're listening to Impact Sports Radio from Impact 88.9 FM. MSU Student Radio Station. See you.